Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, a lot of kids stuff, as well as a little guy stuff thrown in there too, here and there. Just a lot of things that I think about and I find interesting, I talk about. And hopefully you find them interesting and useful as well. So anyways, welcome to the show and thank you for tuning in. All right. This week, we continue my conversation I had with my good friend TJ, who lives up in northern Minnesota. He has kind of a unique story. Well, maybe not a totally unique story, but you don't hear of a lot of guys talking about this subject. He is a single dad, and I'm not just talking a single dad that's got split custody with the mother. He has full custody of his daughter. He's the the sole parent provider. Granted, he's married now with a new wife, but he has full custody of his daughter. So it's kind of an interesting story. We don't hear from a lot of men talking about this very much. Maybe they kind of suffer in silence. I don't really know. It's just good to kind of hear this perspective, this version. We tend to hear a lot about the mother aspect in these stories a deadbeat dad or a dad that doesn't want to be around his kids or doesn't want to make time for him or all he's good for is a paycheck. Well, this is the other side of that coin. Kids really need fathers in their lives. So if you're in this type of situation, I really hope that you're working together with the mother, with that other parent. You're trying immensely to stay in that kid's life and be around and be a dad. That's It's crazy important how much fathers impact home life and that family-kid dynamic. Anyways, we talk about a lot of that stuff, how he got into the situation, what he's doing about it, as well as breaking the cycle of young motherhood that tends to happen. Also, this is a Zoom call, so of course the audio is totally freaking garbage internet connection or whatever it is. Either way, I I hate it. I can't stand it. It comes in and out, but I really hope that you can bear with me on this and we can uh, get through it. So anyway, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. All right, let's shift gears here a little bit. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about, I mean, it's not an unheard of situation, but it's not really one that's talked about that much. And that's kind of being a, a single dad and kind of raising your kid on your own for quite a while. Anyways, do you want to talk about that? So you didn't, when you were growing up, when you were an adult, you never wanted kids, right? You didn't want a kid. You were fine being no. an unattached anything. Right. Yep. And then now never want, you I still don't want kids. <laughs> and now you got a kid and then you pretty much turned into a single dad. So what's the back? What is the backstory here? What kind of happened? I don't think I kind of know a little bit, but my 25 listeners probably don't know that much. But your 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 <laughs> well, daughter's okay, so, mom, your um, daughter's mom's because, not around. Uh, was, was it drug use or jail or she just didn't care anymore? Just checked out. Both. A lot of well, yeah. So. She got pregnant on purpose because she figured that she could just live off from me and, and never have to work. That, that was her whole intention. Stop taking birth control and lie about it. And then uh, she was lying, cheating whore. 
Like you couldn't trust her if she was talking, she was lying type of thing. Made him turn around. If she wasn't home, it's because she was probably at some other guy's place. And I'm not saying that to be mean. That that's just exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. So we go through the custody fight and all this stuff, and uh, like, she'd make stuff up all the time. Like cops would show up at my house, yeah, usually twice a week for something she claimed I did that never happened. Like I, I moved 80 miles away to get away from her, and she was still like domestic still violence type things. Saying like, I was like threatening her or abusing her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, you know, she stole a gun of mine, stole one of my pistols and uh, called the cops and said I, I took a gun and left a suicide note. So I, I had my a privilege of a 72-hour stay at, at a psych center, which uh, I wasn't supposed to go to. I mean, that's a whole other story. But long story short on that, I got a doctor fired at the Rosa Hospital over that <laughs> because I didn't talk to her. Doctor I talked to said, yeah, you're not suicidal. You're fine. You can go. And this other doctor said, nope, you're going to see forever. I already signed or called the place and signed the paperwork. They were he, to get he filed a complaint, van, had me file a complaint or terminate. Yeah, she, she's anti-gun. She told me because I own guns, I'm a danger. Okay. Literally what said. So, um, but yeah, so I, I get there. He's like, what the hell? Um, they, they have you like do an entry psyche thou. It was like 300 questions. And then I, I did that one and everything was fine. Most people get that one. Then they get a 500 question one. I never Which, get 500 because these psycho valves the literally spoke to called they literally just ask you the same question over and over and over in a multitude of different fashions, right? Is that pretty much what it is? Pretty close. I mean, I don't remember a lot. That was it's like they want to see a consistency on how you answer things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the first one is, is kind of see if you're going to be a danger to yourself there or a danger to other patients there. And uh, obviously I wasn't. And, uh, Except my doctor called the one I talked to and I talked to him as well. And he's like, I failed them in. I told him you're not supposed to be here. That doctor who never spoke with you on the papers and called you before he even got here. So like she had her mind made up because I owned guns. We actually had fortunately Dan ring with the cop at the time had his, his body cam on still. She said that to me, mm-hmm. you own guns. So you're a danger to yourself. So you're going there. And, uh, Oh my God, it pissed me off. Like we have a second amendment constitutional right to own firearms. Right. Like, uh, so that doesn't make you a danger yourself. It's just a tool. But, uh, when I was there, I told a friend of mine and I was like, I need you to go in my house or in my apartment. The door's unlocked. I'm like, get all of my guns out of there. So I told him everything I had. He calls me back and goes, um, your pistol's gone. I'm like what? He's like, yeah, your 22 pistol isn't there. I'm like, that's the one that Megan told the cops I took. Like, call and report it stolen. Like, report her stealing it. Right. Guess who had it? She did. So she took my gun, called the cops, said I took that gun and was going to kill myself with it. Well, there's some holes in Fast that. Fast forward to that point because I tried. Yeah. I tried to file theft charges against it. The police department went for that firearm on her. But they did get it back for me. And then I had to get a note from the doctor saying I was fine and stuff for them to release it back to me. Jeez. ridiculous um so once that happened like nope this this is over i'm uh i'm going for custody because this shit can't happen like i can't have that kind of mental instability yeah and craziness raising my child so i, I filed paperwork went through the fight uh custody fight initially we had 50 50 custody yep yeah because the state of minnesota it it, it recommends 50 50 custody is, is the best interest of your child Okay, so we, we tried that. Well, that 50-50 was more like 90-10. 90% 
where I still had her like 90% of the time because the mom wanted to go out and party and got into drugs. And, At this uh, point, you're not living together. You're not around each other. You're the relationship has completely dissolved, right? It's gone. It's gone. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So she, she was doing her thing and uh, being you know unfaithful to the guy she was dating, big time unfaithful to him, and screwing his friends and going to parties and screwing around with other guys. And one of these that she was cheating on him with. She went to a party with down in the Warren area and uh, he, she got drunk and wanted to leave. Like got just obnoxious drunk and he won't let her leave because like, you're not driving drunk. Right. So she called the cops and reported that she was being kidnapped, being held. Low. So the cops are on the way to this party because they believe she's being kidnapped. Cops show up and she's attacking this guy with a knife or trying from attacking him. Like she's swinging this knife. <laughs> and the police arrest her um, and find out the truth that oh he just said no and took your keys because you're drunk so she gets charged with assault with a deadly weapon uh, uh, with attempted bodily injury jail time I, I don't know what other charge she got she got a few of them anyway. yeah so it, it was, she was charged with three felonies off that act well they ended up dropping all the felonies and giving her probation as long as she didn't break the law again well, let's fast forward here just a couple of months, and uh, she'd gotten into meth. Oh, boy. And got caught with a large quantity. It gets arrested, gets charged back on her. Like She got caught with enough of it. She ended up with six felony charges, including the, the assault with a deadly weapon attempt to cause bodily harm. And she was sentenced to like two years and six months in prison. So she's in, gets, it was in county jail for a while. And, uh, oh, shit. Before she got with the meth is when I got my full custody because her sister called me, her half sister from her dad's side called me and goes, do you have Abby? And I said, yeah. She goes, don't give her back. I'm like, why? She goes, because it's uh, um, doing meth. She's waiting until Abby goes to bed. She goes outside in her car and tweaks and just like is out in the car all night long, tweaked. Wow. So I'm like, okay. So I, I, I literally sent my message because the next day it was supposed to change. I said, I'm not giving my own math. Math. How old is your daughter at this point? At this point, but it's not quite 18 months. Okay. A baby. Like, so, uh, oh, I guess she would, yeah, she'd been a year and a half old. Yeah. It would have been 19 months, 19 months. So, uh, I didn't give her back and, and the exchange was on a Sunday. And go back to the next morning, walked into the court, filed an emergency change of custody. Um, I filled the paper and everything that needed to be done, explained the situation and that it was a, a health and safety concern. So, okay, they set us a court date. And like at first, I was pissy about it, but she became like surprisingly cooperative and not fighting it hard. Like, odd, odd for a moment. understanding of what's going on. Right. Yeah. So then uh, she is, she's all saying, oh, I'm going to still come to court and I'm going to fight for it and I'll get treatment if I have to. Okay, cool. And uh, court date shows up. Our court time was at 10.05 or 10.15 in the morning. I'm there. She never shows up. I'm in the court. And uh, the judge asked me after we sat there for 10 minutes and goes, have you talked to her? Or something like, I talked to her yesterday. She said she was going to be here. She's like, okay. She says, we'll give her five more minutes. 
seconds. If she doesn't show up, I'll, I'll be forced to make a ruling. And then like the worst thing in the world happens. I hear footsteps. Like you hear him coming down the hallway. I'm right. And looking at the clock. Because you're like, yes, yes, yes. Click, She's not going to show click. up. Yes. And I was like, oh, fuck, I hear her coming. And then the, the door of the courtroom opens and my heart just sank. Well, here it was one of the uh, court administrators poked her head in and said, I attempted to call her. She's not answering her phone. Oh. And judge said, okay, door shut. And then she goes, due to the absence of the, uh, the defendant in this case, I am uh, forced to award the plaintiff everything he asks. Um, everything you've requested will be awarded and you will be granted. Case dismissed. Which was? So I was given 100% custody, legal, physical, full legal, full physical Um the only way the mother can visit is with visit, uh, with uh, supervision of my choice. Like I, I, that's the only thing allowed that she could have is she, she, she can call Abby and talk to her. She can write her if she wants to. I will monitor all phone calls. I will like read anything she sends first. And if she's going to visit, it is supervised by who I choose to supervise. Hmm. And I have to approve the visit, you know? So I got everything I wanted and it was the best thing. Well, what happened was she got so messed out. She didn't wake up until almost two o'clock that day. Well, so she was like high as a kite and just passed out wow. during court. Yep. That's, yeah. So that was, uh, in that department, that day. has there been in much contact? I mean, that was years ago. Has there been much contact since? Is there, is there even a relationship there with okay, so. your daughter and her mother, biological mother? We'll get from that, get that custody in this because I got ahead of myself. She had a prison sentence. So she goes to jail, spends a couple weeks in jail, and then they send her down to, um, I think, Mankato, maybe is where the female prison is in Minnesota. They send her to the state prison. And then our amazing, shitty president, Barack Obama, passed the uh, that law that reduces sentences for nonviolent drug offenders. Okay. So she spends two weeks in prison of her two year, six month sentence, and she gets released. So she goes to rehab, gets out, calls Abby occasionally, you know, probably once every three days and would write her letters every week. Once a week, she write her a letter. Okay. That's something. And then I the guess. calls tapered off, just tapered off back in jail for meth again. Okay. About six months goes by. She hasn't said a word and I'll say a letter shows up and another letter and another letter and then a phone call and then another letter. But then they taper off. Back on drugs, back in jail, back in rehab. So the next like four years basically was in and out of rehab because mm-hmm. they don't, you know, spend two or three days in jail and they get sent to rehab due to the way the law is now. So that went on, like I said, for the next like four years. And then she cleaned up, supposedly. And uh, she visited a couple of times. I would be willing to bet now since I moved back up here and I've sitting up here now seven years that she's seen Abby maybe 12 times. Uh, more than I've come here to visit a couple times. Well, and when she sees her, it's usually like when, when Abby's grandma or great grandma will take her a day or two mm-hmm. and then still, they'll have her show up over there. Oh, and Abby's not, she's, she's not real happy because she knows she's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she wishes that she'd just sign her rights away. Because she doesn't try, she, uh, she was calling her and talking to her, you know, a couple times a week until she met the guy that she's 
Okay. So she met the guy before this guy that she's now engaged to. So back in like June or July, she, she met some guy and was dating him. And then all, all attention goes to that guy and she stopped calling, stopped writing. And that relationship didn't last. Okay. So all the attention is still on that guy. And the only time she, she like said, if she's uh goes to her grandmother's or great grandmother's house for a day or two or for a holiday. And then they have her there. This has got to be quite the emotional, yeah. right? For not only you, but for your child as well. And she's young. She's, you know, what is she a teenager now? She's young. She's, you know, dealing with all this stuff. That no, she be... just turned 12 in November. Okay. 12. I was thinking 13 for some reason, but yeah, it's still, it's like this, you know, oh yeah, my mom is here. And then, oh, she's gone and oh, she's back and oh, she's gone. And then it's, I don't know, you're just disappointed in your mother. You don't even want to oh, it is. be around like, her. The most frustrating part about it, this is something I've said since day one, is whether I like the mother or not or care for the mother or not, Abby has the right to know her mom. Right. She has the right to know her mom's family. Uh, so I, 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 I let her exercise that right. You know, If she wants to, I'm like, yeah, you can call her. I'll, I'll send her a message. I'll have her give you a call or whatever. So like anytime if she wants to, I, I would facilitate, make sure that happens. It just, she doesn't want to anymore because she keeps seeing it. She likes seeing her great grandmother because her great grandmother has been a constant. And she was like, and uh, she, she's the one because it's, it's crazy. The great grandmother just randomly will be like, Hey, can Abby come over this weekend? You know, can Abby come over tomorrow? Whatever. You know, if you ever need someone to pick her up, give me a call, do it. All yeah. that is the biological grandmother on the mom's side. Only birthdays and holidays. And by birthday, literally Abby's birthday, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, and Christmas. That's it. That's Every the only year. contact? That's it. Yeah. She doesn't call her. She doesn't write her. I mean, she'll send her uh, like Easter cards or Valentine's cards. But she doesn't ask to see them or see her other than those holidays. Yeah, that's... And like the step-grandfather. So the step-grandfather, uh, he asked twice. And he even asked me. He asked my dad about it. And so he's only asked like twice in Abby's entire life. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of actual support and effort coming from that side other than her great grandmother. And Abby sees it. She, she's not stupid. She notices it. Right. She's not a naive little baby anymore. She's, she can see this. She can see how her mother treats her. She can see how her own grandmother, you know, how much she reaches out and tries to spend time with her and, at a certain point, and you would I, like then, to just bury that, like, right? And just like those certain people just be like, you know what? Just stay out of her life and keep the constant of your family and that great grandmother in the life, you know? Yep. And it's like, since Abby's little, I, I never treat her like a kid. She's always been, I talk to her like an adult. Mm-hmm. I've treated her like an adult. Like, I never told her about Santa Claus. I never told her Easter Bunny, none of that bullshit. It's because I figured, you know, She's going to find out sooner or later that you've been lying to her for this many years. So I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to treat her as an adult. Mm-hmm. Just because studies show if you treat them as an adult, they develop mentally and physically faster and, and more uh, complete. So I've never treated her as a child per se. I talked to her, like, I don't care if she swears. You know, it's funny hearing a three-year-old say fuck. It actually makes me laugh. Do it off, baby, now and then it would come out. She knows where she can swear, where she can't, you know. Right. So... She's treated as an adult responsibilities, you know, like doing her own laundry, helping clean up stuff like that. And she's been doing her own laundry since six or seven years old. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So she's 
and treat it as an adult. She's still got a great imagination. She loves to go and play toys. Uh, She loves art stuff, science stuff. I don't give her a phone. Mm -hmm. She's not going to get one. Uh, When she's 18, she can get get her own and sign a contract. That's a whole other thing to open up like when you give a kid a phone especially like a 12 or 13 or a 16 year old kid and and then that opens up to i don't know to uh, just more access and more more bullying potentially and more you know self-image stuff on social media and all that you know it's just a terrible idea so i'm glad that you're you're waiting in that realm she doesn't really play like video game stuff she uh was given by her stepsister uh, a nintendo ds which she had played it doesn't work anymore my parents gave her a, a tablet that had some some games downloaded on it and uh yeah her stepsister on this one because her internet and this part of she'll never get a phone uh her internet addiction and social media addiction she took abby's tablet connected to the wi-fi and I put a password on it and locked down so it shut off at a certain time of night and everything unless she had the password and then she forgot the password <laughs> So we can't access it. It, it basically works for an hour mm-hmm. and it shuts down. But that, that's something I always have witnesses. The addiction that, uh, I mean, we, let's face it, we play on our phones way too much. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it. I, I complain about it all um, the time on this show. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, kids with developing brains are more prone to addiction than adults because the brain's getting the dopamine. The body changes at a younger age to need it. And uh, electronics addiction has been shown and proven to be more addictive than meth or heroin. One of the most addictive things we have. So I keep her away from that. I, I'm trying to do her a favor in a service. In fact, last weekend on Saturday, she was at her great grandmother's house and her great grandmother told her that it's nice that she still has an imagination and play with toys and go outside and play and not need a phone or, or a video game like her cousin Layla does. Mm-hmm. And Abby told her it's because I don't have one. Dad doesn't give me one. So I don't think about him that much. I, I don't want it because I don't have one. And I was like, all right, good. You know, good job. Me, go team. <laughs> yeah, it forces kids to, to, like you said, to use an imagination to pretend. And all these parents that essentially shove all these electronics. And I complain about it a lot. My kids have tablets. They use them occasionally, but it's very limited. They don't get to go on the internet. They play a couple games for a little bit here and there, but it's not, it's not this thing that's in the forefront of their mind. They're, they're more worried about playing with their Barbies or playing with Legos or playing pretend with each other or going outside with their friends and running around and playing in the mud, which they've been doing lately and destroying their shoes. But it's much better than sitting in front of a screen. And that always makes me cringe when I go to a restaurant and I see kids sitting on a screen at a restaurant and the parents are on their screens and eating their food in silence. It's just, it's just weird to me to see people do that. And it kind of bothers me. They're electronic babysitters. That's what phones and tablets and computers and video games have become. They're electronic babysitters for parents who don't want a parent. Yeah. I don't want a parent, but it's not my fault. She exists. Yeah. She, she didn't make herself. Right. She's not the reason she's here. So it's my job to make sure she's got a decent life, a decent example. Well, speaking of that decent life and decent example, and I was kind of thinking about this before we got on here is, is how do you stop that cycle? And by cycle, I mean like, okay, so your kid's mom was a young mother. Her mom was a young mother. Yep. How do you prevent your... Her great-grandmother was a young mother. How do you prevent your daughter 
from becoming a teen mom, a young mother. And I know it doesn't just affect it's, I know there's a pattern, but it can affect anybody, but how do you kind of, how do you get ahead of that? You know what I mean? I, I actually, I think I'm already ahead of it. Um, and, and you pointed it out perfectly. It's a pattern. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we can look at this. My wife was a young mother. Her daughter is a young mother. Uh, and the wife's like, oh, you can't stop kids from doing it. Like, hell, you can't. Look at us, dude. Our parents, like, you know, let us go run around free will anywhere we want to all the time. No. No. Uh, if you instill true respect to your, your children, they respect you back and listen to you and follow your rules. You know, when, when you know there's consequences for your actions, you mm-hmm. avoid those actions so you don't have those consequences. Right. Yeah. Parents, parents yeah, play so a huge role, you know, raising kids right. And I don't mean just like it's a very blanket term, but you want to make them yeah, well, feel like they don't have to go get you, value or love somewhere else. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, in this case, like with her young mom, young mom, young mom, three generations of young moms. There's a pattern, obviously, in that string. And the irony of this is the first one. Like the great grandmother had had the grandmother. She raised the grandmother. Mm. The grandmother had the daughter. She raised the daughter. There's something going on on the mom's side of the raising. Now, I'm going to sound so sexist. Uh, and Stephen Crowder has links that back these up that he shares all the time. A fatherless home is more likely to have issues with children being criminals, becoming young mothers, uh, being unwed parents, you know, stuff like that, than a motherless home a father is more important in the psychological development of a child than the mother the mother is more important in the physical development but you need the psychological development that a father brings in all three cases up to this the mother was the primary raising person of the child mm-hmm. so i bring to now that my daughter's being raised by the father so right. it gets to see so, things from the father's perspective. Right. So you have essentially broken and I don't that cycle. Her. I don't baby her. Yes. She's gotten responsibility to put on her that none of her predecessors on the mom's side, you know, has had right at that age to, to see it, to witness it. And then of course, uh, now I've had the privilege where we had uh, Bianca and, and her newborn here. So Abby's got to, to see the child crying all night long, waking her, waking her up fussing all day, you know, the pooping, the shitting, the spitting up, the cleaning up after and witnessing it. She wants no part of it. So, I mean, I got that going for me. And right. It's like, yeah, it's like value yourself. Don't look for love and validation from other places. You, you know, get that from your family, have your family give yep. those things to you. And honestly, it's like when you, when you grow up and you're even in high school or college, it's like, don't get pregnant and graduate, whether that's high school, whether that's college, it's don't get pregnant and graduate college. Like that's pretty basic rules to not essentially altering. And yeah. I don't want to say screwing up, but highly altering your life down the road. Big time. Yeah. And then you get a lot of teen moms and young moms that, that don't live that young adult life where you go and you, you do your partying and you're out and about just, you know, you want to go somewhere, you just leave and go where you got that freedom. So they, they miss out on that and it ends up affecting them later in life, which I'm going through right now, mm-hmm. you know, witnessing in my own marriage. 
um, causes issues because they don't live the life to understand that. Right. So it's a pattern that's breakable, that's easy to break, as long as you looked at and saw what was happening to begin with. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, this is what went on every single time that led to the child doing these kind of things. Well, if you say that a, a child can't be prevented from doing something they're not supposed to because, you know, they'll find a way, that's a crock of shit. That's a lazy parent. Right. A, a parent who, who's willing to do what it takes to, to prevent it will do everything it takes to prevent it. Um, you know, just because a kid has a driver's license doesn't mean that they get to get in their car and go anywhere they want at 16 years old anytime they want. Correct. Yeah. That shit, no, that doesn't happen. And it shouldn't sure. happen. You know, every time a kid wants to go hang out with their friends, you don't say yes. Especially nowadays with the electronics we have. It's again, this part of it too, can prevent it with that. Uh, when they got the constant contact, that that is like the worst thing in the world for kids because they're making their little plans, come up with their ideas and come up with their lies and stuff to to cover each other's asses to get away and do whatever they're supposed to do or want to do. So I, I'm preventing that by preventing the immediate constant contact. I have this meme saved. I'll read it to you because it means a lot when you read it and listen to it. I think I saw it saved. I probably deleted it just yesterday. I think I just deleted it yesterday. I did delete it. Um, basically, the man was saying that with technology that we have, that people have got this entitlement to constant contact and children believe that they're required and entitled to constantly be in contact with other people all the time. And that right. simply is not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were kids, we didn't have a phone. Like, you know, we call each other or we'd hang out. Um, but if we didn't call each other on our shared line that we had in the house, or we weren't hanging out. We, we weren't constantly talking, you know. No, there wasn't we a text message. All that there wasn't a yeah. There wasn't a social media aspect, a text aspect where I could just send you a message, or you you send someone else a message at any time, at any point in the day, day or night, and that constant being in touch with people that wasn't a thing back then. It, it seems to me that the relationships and friendships are more real from that era mm -hmm. than they are now. Cause everyone now has your constant gratification. You know, um, there was an episode of family guy and this kind of goes in line with this where they were thinking Chris was gay <laughs> and they're like, why don't you have any interest in a girlfriend, Chris? You know, and he had a really good looking girl that wanted to date him and he wouldn't. And they said, why would I, everything I need is on the internet. It, it's true. Like that, that's where people are getting everything they want or need. It's on the internet. Mm -hmm. They don't learn to develop the actual in-person skills right well you can order food online needed. you can you can talk to people in chat rooms you can play video games with people you can build these fake relationships i guess with people that you don't even know they're not even in your same city or state or country and it's all it's all fake it's all you know <laughs> vr it's like this whole metaverse that facebook is pushing like beyond this this virtual reality and they're promoting that more than promoting going outside and meeting people face to face and going to a real park and and talking to yep. real people and having real connections with people instead of this fake. That, that is something that I've been doing with Abby. Like, so she, she doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. she, she actually has to interact face to face with people or, or, you know, talk to them on the phone and have a real connection and, and learn how to behave with a person and around a person. So yeah, I'm making sure that she's got that 
actual social ability that that's missing amongst people today. You know, I, I don't know. You mentioned about being at, at a restaurant, seeing the kids on the phone, the parents on the phone. I don't know how many times that I, I've been in line waiting to pay for fuel or something at the grocery store. And the person in front of you is just, you know, sitting there staring at the phone while the person waiting to take the money. And so is standing there just looking at them. Is awful. It's yeah, a, this, such a huge time. addiction that these people are like, oh, they, 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 like they're going to miss something in life when you're going to miss something literally right in front of you. You're going to miss scrolling and you just want that dopamine hit of seeing what post is next. Yeah. What did Kevin say? What did Tommy so like, say? I, what did Sally say? And you're just like, I, I don't give that. I, I don't allow that to happen. You know, since Abby was little, like if we go to Subway, you know, probably four or five years old. I would hold her up before she could lift her head up and be up tall enough to see above uh, the, the counter. But I would hold her up so she could tell the per- person her order, which she wanted herself. Yeah. You know, we go somewhere if she wanted it, she ordered it herself. Because that's something you have to learn how to do. You're interacting with the stranger. You're learning how to present yourself in public. Um, you know, come Father's Day, we'd, we'd give her a credit card with money to go up and pay for a meal because she's taking me out for Father's Day. You know? Mm, wow, nice. So she's, she's learning to take the responsibility of it and present herself as an adult and being responsible. So I, right. it, it's little things like that, that I'm doing to, to break the whole trend of the past. Every chance of, I get it. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's to, to set an example that her mother didn't have set that her mother's mother never set and her mother's grandmother never had set. So I'm trying to get that example set for her to have mm-hmm. to apply so it doesn't happen. Now, speaking of your daughter, it's a lot of little things that you don't think about until you ask the question. Right. I know it's good. Right. So speaking of your daughter and now you have a woman in your life, you know, your wife, Amy's in your life and you guys are married now. Has that relationship had a positive? I'm assuming it has. It's kind of a silly question, but has that, has that mother figure coming into her life? Have you seen a change in your daughter? as now that there's this other woman there that is that mother figure is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm going to say a lot more. Yes. than no, there's occasionally no's in this, but for the most part, yeah. Cause uh, she, she's got a mother figure in life who, who is called got college degrees, you know, two more of them. Mm-hmm. So she's setting a role example of furthering education um, and, and consistently works, you know, and, and is there consistently. She doesn't just like, you know, bail out on her for the most part. Yes. Um, there, there is the times where, and I don't, I'm going to assume anybody who has kids from a previous relationship, or whatever, probably does this without knowing it. There's the times where Abby definitely is put on the back burner mm-hmm. to Amy's kids and she notices it and she, she'll tell it to me. She'll tell it to my parents. Um, and I'll, I'll bring it up and more often than not, Amy gets upset and says she's not doing it, but every now and then she thinks about it. And the next thing you know, Abby's, getting taken out to dinner and bought some toys or something because she realized, oh shit, I have been. She re- she has that realization. Then, she thinks about it. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh wait, yeah. I have been showing a lot more attention to my kids than her. And at least she's realizing that, hey, this isn't right. That's not, that's not what I should be doing. And she tries to make up for it. So for the most part, it's definitely been, been, been positive. Uh, and it's been consistent, which is probably the most important thing is that she's had a consistent mother figure now. Right. But it, it's for the most part been positive and it's given her an example. Um, and like I suck at math. So th- this is where it helps because Amy has a teaching degree as well and it's math. So 
when it comes down to if she needs help with her, her math homework, we got someone else how to do it that's able to help her and uh, is consistent about it and making sure she gets it done. So, you know, it's, it's benefited her with education stuff. It's definitely benefited her with having a role model who's there. Right. That's, works. that's what I was quite curious about is that a role model, a female role model that can kind of show her granted she has it, you know, she's probably around your sister at times and your, your own mother at times, but this is someone that is a constant daily person, female <laughs> that I can look up to. Female role model. What's that? Yeah, she, she's on my mom quite a bit too. Yeah. No, no. If you saw the way my sister's children acted versus my daughter, um, there's a big difference in raising quality there. So what can you say, you know, what do you, what do you look at from your perspective today? And you're like, I wish I knew this, you know, back then when you were dealing with your, your child's mother, you were de- going through those situations. What do you think you would tell yourself or like, what, what would you have done differently or what could you, what would you advise yourself, someone going through that type of situation? What do you think? There's a saying that says, if you give a person enough rope, they'll hang themselves. Believe that statement. Do not force anything because it's going to happen the right way. If someone's if on someone's that path, person, they're, going to, they're going to keep making, consistently making mistakes, kind of. Is that what you're meaning? And each one's going to be worse and worse. So let it happen. Don't force it. Um, and learn to not let it stress you out because you lose so much sleep. You're sick so much just from stress. Mm-hmm. You're going through stuff and you know, it's not right. You know, it's not fair and it, it it's not good for the child. So it, 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 it takes so much out of you. But if you, if you're willing to weather the storm and just relax, the person's going to fuck up and it's going to end up straightening itself out. At it's either, you know, it's either going to be, they're going to, they're going to screw up or you're going to be the constant and then they're going to get better and then you'll get through it together i would assume like you, yeah. there's two ways it can go but you can you can be you can be there in either one and either the person is going to come out of it and and get their act together and then you'll have your happy little family or it's going to go the way that yours did and it's going to just keep snowballing into mistake after mistake after mistake and then fall apart yeah yeah it's now i can step forward now into the marriage perspective thing too once you get into that it's don't ever put an object whether it's money a car a house you know don't don't put that in front of a person because a person can be anywhere with you and can do anything with you and be there for you an object is just that mm-hmm. you know growing up when your parents are like jesus it's like talking to a wall well that's what an object is you know <laughs> you talk to a wall it doesn't talk to you talk to an object it does nothing for you it's just an object and i guess yeah i can use that and apply it back going through like the custody battles and everything like that as well is don't view that the custody battle itself don't don't look at that you're doing it but don't look at that just just look at and focus on on the end result of the child right and what's best for the the child the person involved if you're not doing that everyone's just big you just agree or, or you're just trying to be hurtful Mm-hmm. You know, you're not not doing it for the right reasons. You're doing and it you for need to an be, object. You're doing it. You need to be that rock, and you need to be that constant. Whether whether it's the dad or the mom or whoever's going through a situation, like somebody has to be the the constant in the kid's life and be the the grounding rod, essentially. That 
does it the immovable yeah. object that they that the child can rely on that the child knows is always there so i guess if you're going through this just be that person for your kid and and be Pretty that much. person that your kid can rely on you've got to be the focal point you, you have to be that focal point for the child um mm-hmm. that's one thing abby's like she she's a daddy's girl i mean obviously it was going to be a daddy's girl when at full custody because I'm the one that's always been there, always had her, always taken care of her. I always provided, you know, and I'm the one in the end who's always going to be because, well, the mom's inconsistent. The mom has always been about the mom and will always only be about the mom. It's always been, you know, for her, the mom was, when can I get my next piece? Which turned into, when can I get my next drink? Which turned into, when can I get my next uh, rock, you know? Like I get my next fix, my next high. Oh, so disgusting, right? It's just so gross to even think about. And and now it's supposedly she's clean. I, I, I have a tough time with believing that. History says that you're not going to believe that because it's never been believable in the past. So why believe it now? Yeah, exactly. When when she stops calling Abby constantly or writing Abby, she's back on drugs. When she starts posting more stuff on social media is usually when she's back, back on drugs and that's exactly what's been going on. So like, her pattern is back to the I'm on drugs pattern. I don't know she is, but you have a feeling, uh, you know, history being an indicator more than likely is. Uh, so Abby, Abby sees it. And one thing she notices, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I'm home every day. Usually. I mean, if I'm not, I'm at work. Right. So like, I'm I'm there and I'm making sure she's got food. I'm making sure she's got clothes and make sure she's got somewhere to live, you know? So like, you got to put that focus. Cause before I had a kid, I don't fucking care. I really still don't anymore. I told myself, I'd be perfectly cool with cause like, you know, I'll go live on my vehicle and just travel around. I'd be fine with that. In fact, I'd really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Having a kid, you can't do that. You got to have a stability. Yeah, they've got to go to school. Yeah, it changes so the dynamic kind of, a little yeah. bit. It changes what you need to provide. And you're not just thinking of yourself anymore. You got to think about them a lot. So, yes. And you, know, you mentioned the school thing. Uh, the quality of in person school versus the online schooling is night and, night and day difference, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the online schooling during the, the yeah, 90, yeah, during the super lockdown bullshit. Horrible. I'm like, it was so bad. An eight-hour day school could be compressed into forty-five minutes. Yeah. Tells me something isn't isn't up to par. Yeah, absolutely, it was horrible. It was to check a box to and, say you know, that these kids did some there. sort Literally. of learning that day. Yeah. It, so, like, it, not going to say the people who are traveling parents because I do know several of them that are doing good jobs, but a lot of the people who, if you're going to do traveling parents and you do the online schooling, that's that's what they're stuck with. You know, is that that kind of education. If you got the ones who would do like actual homeschooling where they take the time to actually teach a student or a child like they're in school, it's a lot better of an education than staring at the computer screen, reading the question, clicking a button. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so shitty. It was so dumb. I watched one of her classes one day and like, this is really what they're being taught, like, and how they're being taught. No wonder they know nothing at the end of the day. Having actual school, I, I think, is definitely a a better option. I think it, it's, it's a lot more grounding for a student and a child to to learn. 
At least it's another, it seems that way. And of course, you throw an actual social interaction with the kids. Yeah, it's another constant. It's and like, other adults. It's a routine. It's a constant variable. You go in, you you know, you have your family life constant. Dad, you family life that's constant, and and your your stepmom constant. And then you go to school. You see all your friends. You see teachers. It's all it's all part of a routine. And I think kids, you know. Yeah, another thing about it is is when they're actually in the classroom, they're, they're learning more about the, the the respecting of adults as well. Because you've got you know different teachers, different classes, and you got to be respectful and decent with them. And you learn to interact with people with different opinions, different ideas, which you don't get with the online stuff. You can't come yeah. back down to the being grounded, you know, being yeah, in the location, it's, singular. It's too secluded. It's just it's just like we talked about with kids being online and locked in their rooms on their computers playing their online games, and it just promotes more of that, and it promotes no social skills. It promotes you know, being secluded and being alone and, and all, yeah, it's not, it's just not a good combination. No, it is really not. Well, there's a, there's a lot more, there's a lot more things that we need to get into. Um, I had more on the docket here, but we've kind of running out of time again, but we'll have to do that again here soon. Anyways, uh, thank you for coming on here. Thank you for kind of talking to me. We talked about, uh, quite a few different things today some fish stuff and uh lakes and and all that and and uh kid talk and going through a custody battle which i have no i have no uh experience in and hope to god i never do so anyways thank you for kind of shining a light on some of yeah, that no. stuff <laughs> talking to me all right More well, people need to speak out about things yeah and, and need to be willing to be open about it that's well that's why i i was really interested in your in your custody story because you don't hear a lot of that from the dad. You don't hear that aspect of it or what they go through. You always hear that you know, a lot of times that the, a dad is a villain and he's the bad guy and the, the mother is trying to save the child or, or whatever it is, or it's just bad relationship and then they split up and then and it's, it's usually in favor of the mother that has custody or is dealing with all that stuff. And it's, I thought you had an interesting story with you being the one that dealt with all that stuff so so thank you again all right well that's pretty much all i have for today's episode of stay home dad's podcast thank you for listening thank you for uh tuning in i hope we talked about some interesting insights and some interesting stories if you have any questions or comments for me or for tj just head over to my social media or to podbean.com leave a comment or a message. I'll go ahead and link your businesses in the description of this podcast again. So if anybody wants to check out TJ's pages, they can do that in in the description. Also, if you know any friends or family that would benefit from listening to this wonderful show, please share it with them and let them know that they can grab it on any of the big podcasting streaming sites. So anyways, that's it. Thanks again. And I will talk to you all next week.